What's up, everybody? I'm Mike Wilson with Any Hour Services, and we're proud to help bring you this podcast. If you ever need a resource for information about your home's electrical, plumbing, heating, or air conditioning system, you can find Any Hour Services on Facebook, YouTube, or online at anyhourservices.com. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Ideation Collective. I'm Jess Larson. Today on the show, we've got Kumar Aurora. I just didn't want to be stuck in one mold. I just felt like we could do whatever we wanted, you know? That's what kind of what we were grown up to, th- to say, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? But they never really finished that statement to say, what all can you do? This is another episode of our Innovation and Leadership series where we interview pro athletes, world-class musicians, CEOs, Hollywood filmmakers, and a wide variety of other high achievers. Before we get rolling, we want to invite you to get involved in the charity our founders helped start called Child Rescue. We work to combat child sex trafficking in the U.S. and globally. The top project you could help with now is in Cusco, Peru. There are 20 girls that the local government rescued but didn't have anywhere to keep them safe, so they put them in jail. The government has said that they're willing to give custody of these kids to the aftercare facility we're helping to expand now once we raise enough money and build an extra building there. To learn more, please click on the Child Rescue tab on our website, which is iCollective.co. So with that out of the way, let's get to the interview. Um, so I have a question because I, I feel like, you know, my style of business, when I look at the heroes of somebody like a Richard Branson, who's been able to build so many business systems that can run without him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and yet most of my life I was told, no, Jess, you need to focus. You need to do just one thing. And I feel like there is some merit to sometimes I was trying to do too many things at once and I needed to pick them off more one at a time. Um, but also balancing the like, no, my style is more like my heroes are the Leonardo da Vinci's, the guys who, who can do a bunch of different things. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts about balancing the focus versus being able to do a bunch of things? Yeah. Um, so we're, we're talking about two different things. We're talking about pinpoint focus. And then we're also talking about um, balancing a lot of different things or, or passionable projects or, you know, even business endeavors at the same time. Every time you add on a new business or a new project, you're adding almost kind of like a part-time job. So if you have six, then you're talking about potentially over a hundred hours a week if they're all part-time, you know, and not everyone can work numbers like that. At some point, there's just not enough hours in the day. So the one thing I could tell someone, maybe like yourself or other entrepreneurs out there, that if you're having trouble balancing, you definitely have to start to find managing partners or uh, managers in general to take on the, the tasks that don't, um, don't need you necessarily, you know, yeah. daily operational tasks. You need to find others to do that stuff so you can do the big picture plans. Yeah. That's the first thing. I guess my, I guess my question is for you, like what your, like, cause you've got the eyewear and you've got the technology and you're doing the TV show and the stuff is, is how for yourself, you know, uh, I need to scale back and focus on this versus no, it's, I've got enough, I've got enough margin to take another one on. Yeah. I'm sure you yeah, see opportunities I mean, there, constantly. You know? There is somewhat of a formula to know if you've got enough time in your day, you can take something else on. So, you know, I'm not in any place to be able to do that. I have to really strategically think, am I able to take on more, more than normal? But 
my big thing is with the work that I do, everything has to eventually get to a level where at least it can auto go on autopilot. Once it can get to the autopilot, then I have the opportunity to now think about something new. If I can't get them to autopilot, I can't start the next the next step. So with my clothing line or, or my um, my uh, tech business, I, I always try to see, can I get this to autopilot? If I can't, what do I need to do to get to that level? And that's that's for me, I have to do that because I'm the kind of guy that doesn't wanna work on a daily operational level. I wanna work on the fun, big picture stuff. I wanna be able to think and be creative all day. I wanna, I wanna be able to be freed away from my email and my phone and I can just, step away and think about the next big business idea. Yeah. You yeah. know, this is something we're dealing with right now at, at ideation collective is as we've, we've recently brought on some new staff and there's, you know, we're working on some of the management things right now and, you know, systemizing what's the culture going to look like. And, and some of these things, um, I'm interested in any of your thoughts about leadership development or when you think about leadership development, and being able to create those kind of systems, the kind like being able to create the kind of systems that you can let go more on autopilot. Do you have any methodologies or or rules that you feel like have been really helpful for you as far as developing leadership for people to be able to manage without your constant overwatch? Well, two things. So number one thing is that I have to understand that not everyone can become a clone of me, right? That's one big problem with entrepreneurs or, or people uh, in leader, leadership positions. They can't necessarily create the next version of themselves to run a specific business or project. That being said, you have to almost unleash the leader from within them. And in my way of doing that is giving them enough freedom, but still kind of being able to pull the leash when necessary. So letting them create uh, their own objectives, letting them run on their own and almost make mistakes, you know, like a normal entrepreneur, that's okay. And I, I allow them to do that or, or even tell them, you know, this is, the, this is the job, find a way to get it done and just let me know how it goes. If you give them enough freedom, then it starts to make, it, make them feel that this is their own project, this is their own baby now. And I think that it's super important. I don't think that letting someone um, or have, being on top of someone's shoulder while they work is, is necessarily going to help create the next version of you. I think that you have to let them be their own leader. I think that that's super important. I think that's sometimes forgotten uh, with the typical hierarchy of how, you know, corporate culture is and, and protocols with, with, with business. Yeah. It's interesting mm -hmm. that humility to think like, I'm not the only one who could do this. Right. Yeah. And, or that there might be another way other than my way that would be okay. Yeah. You think there's so many things in leadership that lead us to believe we're the special one. Right. Mm -hmm. I often I often fantasize and I think about my friends almost like superheroes in some ways with our own abilities, our own uh, our own special, you know, tools that we can use, you know, from within. You know, we all have our attributes and I sometimes see them as sometimes one of them might be more sociable than me or one might be more organized. than me. And I use those talents that they have and I encourage them and I push them even further. I do that for my friends, my family, my coworkers. And I think that's that's the way you can, you know, get the pulse of if this person can be a leader and if so, how they can become their own leader. And I think this this teaching style of of rank pushing them up in the ranks has to be done in a way that works for them, not works for your mold. Yeah, it is. It, yeah. It's an interesting evolution, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm interested. Other than Book of the Five Rings, what what other kind of 
maybe unexpected influences you gravitate to or, or concepts or pl- places that inspire you? Well, you just threw a lot at me. So places, books, or yeah, anything. what was it again? Just anything? Yeah, just something. Where do you get on average ideas or what's something people might not suspect is um, something you do that you feel like really helps you in either coming up with business ideas or solving problems or looking at science projects different or? I mean, I, for me, when it comes to um, coming up with the next big idea, I'd say the first most easiest answer is like just constantly looking and, and reading into other people. I mean, if I, I spend probably at least two hours a day reading online, just, just various blogs, websites, even the most mundane BuzzFeed article, as long as I'm reading, I feel like I, I have, I can find cool ideas to work on from there, or even just a marketing campaign or just some sort of idea stems from the fact that I'm always reading. Uh, I actually just read a recent quote, I think a couple of weeks ago, and it said Bill Gates reads about 50 books in a year. So that's almost nearly a book a week. And to me, I was like, oh, wow, I've been doing that same thing for the last maybe 10 years. I just didn't realize it. I might not be reading a book, but I'm always reading every day. Interesting. And I think that my big thing, like I mentioned with the Book of Five Rings, is a lot of entrepreneurs and, and people are so driven for success that they forget that you should just be reading for yourself and reading for your own knowledge. And eventually this will all come full circle. And maybe, you know, this comes from my dad because he, like I said before, he worked so hard and he studied all the way up there and he was able to now create ideas so fast just by thinking about them. And he knows if the output will be a success. And I think that if you keep reading and you keep yourself sharp, you will be able to do that too. It's interesting, um, this idea of letting ourselves be influenced from multiple sources instead of, Mm -hmm. you know, just where they say you should be getting the inspiration from. Yeah. Interesting. So um, let's talk about one other thing. Uh, I know in one of your talks that you gave, you talked about like free writing, about just writing ideas down. Is that something you still do or is that something that you don't do as much anymore. Uh, I mean, honestly, I wish I had the time. Uh, I've been, you know, fairly busy with the TV show and, and my projects right now. But of course, you know, I always keep a book handy with me wherever I go. As soon as I see an idea or if I'm sitting in an airplane and I, I can't think of something to work on, I will bust out that book and, and just keep writing. And, and the idea of the idea book, if for those that might not have seen it, is you just keep writing to the point where you can't write anymore. And then you close it and you don't show anybody and, and this is where it's different. Generally, when you're working on a business plan or a proposal or you're working on something, you want to share it. You're, you're naturally inclined. As humans, that's what we want to do is we want to give this out to people and get their feedback, get their advice. And I say to do the opposite. Don't show anybody. And it's not because it's a great idea. It's actually because you're, you're doing this with rose-tinted glasses on. And you can't blind yourself in such ways that say this is an amazing idea and you push it on these other people. The idea is to look back on it maybe 10, 14, even a couple of weeks later and ask yourself, without those rose-tinted glasses, did this make sense? Is this something that can work? And for me, I, I've I've written out cool ideas that I thought would change the world, and then I look back on it a month, a year, a month later or a year later, and I'm like, wow, I was an idiot. I have no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> and I think that this this filtration system of doing that really kind of puts you in control kind of pulls the leash back and it tells yourself because 
there are some entrepreneurs and people out there that feel that they have a new good idea every day. This allows you to kind of pick and choose which ones are the true good ideas and which ones are so-so or which ones are bad. And I think that the, the idea book is what I call it. That's, uh, that's something I will stick by every, every day and I will run with this. And this is something that I do that works for me. But right now, you know, with, with everything I have going on, it's tough to be able to come up with new ideas, especially when you have so many things um, kind of in cycle right now. Sure. Yeah. You know, another thing I'm interested in, just um, your feelings about the advantages of living disparate places, both Los Angeles and Cleveland. You know, I feel like I grew up in this little farm town in Canada and I spent about eight years kind of in the Los Angeles and Orange County areas. So I, I love that part of the world too. Um, but I also love some things about back home. What, what do you feel like are advantages of LA advantages of Cleveland? Hmm. Well, Cleveland will always be home. You know, my friends, my family, the story, the origins, the hustle, that's always going to be Cleveland. The people of Cleveland is what makes our DNA of who we are and why we work so hard. LA is a different beast. LA is the type of city where transplants come here for the opportunities, the, you know, whether it's through media, entertainment, um, even just being on the West Coast in general. And, and for me, that is the parity between both is where you've got the, the grounded um, hustlers of Cleveland, but then you have the wealth of opportunities of LA. And for me, with the work that I do with nanoscience and fashion, there is a bridge between the both because my team comes from Cleveland, my origins come from Cleveland, but my opportunities are now coming from LA. So that's kind of the, 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 the catch 22 is each place doesn't exactly have the other. Sure. And, uh, you know, with LA coming out here, um, you know, I do want to build this bridge and, um, a lot of the work that I do, you know, whether it's, you know, working with Costco and supplying to them or working with projects overseas or, or even working in the fashion world, you know, a lot of that stuff's happening on the West coast, not necessarily by, you know, in Cleveland. So for me, you know, I, I go back and forth literally every two weeks, um, in between just the work stuff, even with filming. And uh, it's it's cool to be able to bounce back and forth. You know, you you get to, in a sense, you never really feel, you never really get bored of one location in some ways too, you know, because it's not just an office in Cleveland and your friends there, you can kind of escape to the sun for a little bit, work on some stuff there. And then, you know, when you miss home and you want to work with your friends again, you can just go back. So for me, I literally <laughs> go back every two weeks. Yeah. Well, um, we appreciate you know, hearing what it's like uh, doing these different things. Uh, I'm interested when you talk about your team. Do you have, does every company have a completely separate team or do you have some crossover where people help with multiple of these? Uh, there is a definite crossover, um, especially on a managerial and an administrative aspect. But for the most part, I do believe in company culture and, you know, I allow my investments to have their own teams. Uh, some of them honestly have never met each other which is actually kind of funny to me sometimes. But, um, you know, we're all kind of a family in some ways. And I guess for me, I'm kind of the guy that kind of ties them all together for the big picture plans. But, uh, yeah, I'm a, bit, a firm believer in allowing them to have their own teams. But for me, obviously, with my investments, I do like to have a handful of people seated into each one to make sure that things are done right if I'm not necessarily sure. available all the time. Um, thinking about the show, uh how did how did that opportunity come about or the casting or or how did it get pitched 
so um, I was approached in August of last year. Um, at the time, I believe they were also looking for contestants for the show. And this was a project that um, LeBron's team has been working on for some time. And he's been getting heavily involved with entertainment. Um, they have an office on the WB lot. And um, he's been in a few movies now. And they've already launched a handful of shows on HBO and a game show and whatnot. But they always wanted kind of a business-based show. So it was kind of a no-brainer to consider Cleveland as an aspect of redeveloping the city and, and um, in a way, you know, finding, finding ways to give more exposure at the same time championing, championing small businesses that are happening there. So I was approached. I was already living in L.A. at the time, and the irony was that I was in L.A. more than I was in Cleveland, but this show actually brought me back in some ways. So as much as... I'd like to say I've done so much. I almost feel like the show has also given me the opportunity being to be a, um, a representative of some ways to do what they want to do, what I want to do, but they're helping me do that even faster now to be able to help my city and, and help it grow and, and um, showcase other entrepreneurs. So now like I may have gotten myself out, but it's cool because now I can kind of throw the rope out and pull the rest of my friends and other business owners that are out there too on a more of a national spotlight. That seems pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, yeah, it's a very heartwarming, heartwarming experience, I'd say, so far. Yeah, and we uh, we're about halfway done with with the season right now. And what what um, when you think about that experience, there's a lot of people that can guess what it's like. What what's something you didn't expect that you found out by actually doing it? Uh, you know, you you go through so many business pitches. I mean, we've gone through days, if not hundreds, of different potential contestants, and. I, I, it's fun because I get to see what it's like to start their first business again. So I almost get to see it in their own eyes. I live vicariously through their successes. And that's one thing I absolutely love to feel because for someone like me, I've been in business for over 10 years. My entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship journey possibly even started, you know, 15 some years ago. Um, just through the idea of creating and stuff, but I'm seeing these kids and these businesses start from day one, you know, with their first experience of, you know, opening up a store or brick and mortar location or first time looking, going through a factory. And I've done all these things, but now I get to almost in a sense do it again. It's like falling in love all over again. And um, that has been an amazing experience so far. Sounds like a riot. Well, yeah. listen, we'd love to have you back on after, you know, after maybe the, the, the season airs and you get all sorts of reactions and new opportunities that probably come from, from being on the show. Yeah, definitely. Love to, love to make it back and share what I've been up to. That's great. Well, listen, yeah. I appreciate all the time you've given us today. Any parting wisdom of just maybe a piece of advice that, that you've gone back to over and over or, or something that um, you feel like someone did for you that's really helpful? Uh, the one thing I will say that I've actually been kind of toying around with the last few weeks, and especially with the idea of you know pursuing entrepreneurship and um, thinking with the futurist mentality, because with a lot of the work that I do, you know, it, it's sometimes with fashion and entertainment, marketing, these services, they are cookie cutter and they have been done over and over again. They're just kind of slapped on with a new name for the, today's society. The one thing I have been kind of looking back on is I've talked a lot about building blocks and having the stepping stones to get the next business, but I'm almost challenging other entrepreneurs to say, you know what, we're in a place that we can learn anything we want. And with that being said, maybe you don't necessarily need to have all the building blocks. Maybe you can start jumping blocks. And maybe you can come up with the next big thing. And that's actually where I am now. I'm starting to think that, you know what? I've picked up so many blocks along the way. 
maybe it's time I start leaping and I start jumping over a few. Maybe I can invent something that's never been done before. So that's my big challenge. And, and the thing that I want people to think about is it's easy to read and learn, but with those, with that knowledge, you might be able to come up with something completely new. What, uh, what sector do you see yourself drawn to inventing something like medical um, or something? Uh, or... Let's see. I mean, I guess I can leak a few things out. I've been playing around with wearable tech uh, the past few months. I've been working with the government on a few projects with um, solar energy. And, you know, I'm always continuing to work on my company, IC Tech, and, and finding new ways to take the same coatings and apply them on different different mediums, whether it's through electronics or the automotive industry. So for me, I'm now venturing out and learning new things. And even with the show going on right now, I'm investing in a business I've never worked with before. And for me, this is a challenge for myself is I've done all this work so far. What's next for me? Can I take on this challenge? Can I take this task on and, and learn something I've never done before? And for me, I'm excited because I haven't really had that fear or waking up with a sweat to say, oh my God, did I make a terrible investment? I'm actually investing with a little bit more risk than normal. And I'm encouraging this now because it's not necessarily always a bad thing. I think that a lot of entrepreneurs should look towards the future and say, what can I invent instead of what can I recreate? I think that's really important, uh, especially for the, the young entrepreneurs out there. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Go do something new. Okay, I love yeah. it. Well, listen, we again, appreciate you making time and I would love to hear updates on how things are going. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Thank you again. Great. That was part two of our interview. If you missed part one, please go back an episode and download the episode before this one for the first half of the interview. As always, please check iCollective.co for show notes of things referenced during the interview and to learn more about our guest. And if you're interested, we'd love to have you learn more about the charity Child Rescue. Go to the menu page on iCollective and click on Child Rescue. Thanks so much. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home an auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations.